Okay, good morning. So, the million dollar question always is, what is, what is the secret, <laughs> what is the secret to Jewish survival? Right, we've been through so much, and we're still around. Yes, and there are many answers to the question. I don't think there's one answer. Everyone says, oh, this is what it is. But obviously, it's a, it's a, it's, there's many, um, many things that contribute to it. Um, one of them can be found in the parish of this week, perhaps. And I don't, even, I don't know the source of the vart. It's a veltus of art. I don't even think it's a, it's a chassidish of art, maybe. But, it's a, but it's, a, it's a nice vart. It's a beautiful idea. And it could be it is I don't, I don't know the source. And it goes as follows. That let's go through Yaakov's um, journey as he goes through um, his dealings with his brother Esau. And let's see how he reacted to it. And we'll find something very powerful. So first of all, Yaakov is a young child. Had a twin, Esau, right? And this Esau, his twin, was a pretty interesting character from birth. From in the stomach, in his mother's stomach. We discussed this two weeks ago when he was, he was attracted to other things. Um, and he eventually grew up to live a completely different lifestyle than Yaakov. Now, there ended up being sibling politics, so to speak, where they, they didn't get along with each other. And to the extent that Esau wanted to kill Yaakov. And like the Medrash tells us, the Esau literally sent his son Eliphaz to go kill, to kill, um, to kill Yaakov on his way. Another version I saw from the Medrash is that, is that Esau himself went and he couldn't find Yaakov. Um, but eventually, um, Yaakov went and he hid from Esau. Now you would think Yaakov would hide from Esau in some uh, resort, somewhere cut off, somewhere uh, um, in a place where he can at least enjoy himself. But that's not where he went. He went to a place where he was again tortured. He went into the house of Lavan. He wanted to build a family, but as part of building the family, he was put through in very difficult circumstances. And we're not going to go through all the details, I'm just trying to build a picture of, of you could imagine, um, the type of uh, Yaakov's, what Yaakov was going through. He went through a lot. And when he's ready to leave Lavan after 20 years, he has his kids, he has his wives, Lavan chases after him and wants to take the kids and wives back and gets all upset at him. Okay, and he finally makes a deal with Lavan and you think he's done. <laughs> he's not done yet. Now he has to meet Esau again. <laughs> um, so he's, he comes and, and is ready to be confronted by Esau. And he goes and prepares. We know the three preparations. We could discuss that another day. That he uh, davening, gifts, and... Was? Cookie. And was cookie? Um, and, and he... He's finally... Ready to confront Esau. Now what happens before he confronts Esau? This is the part of the story I want to discuss. Before he confronts Esau, he is approached by the Sarshal Esau. Right? Esau's angel. Esau's, he's met by an angel. Um, and being approached by Esau's angel, Esau's angel does not want to let him go. To the extent that they start a wrestle, a, a real wrestle, and this is where Yaakov gets a new name. Where right? he gets a new name, Yisrael, which we, it's a whole discussion of its own. The wrestling is going to start this This is a wrestling match, yeah. And they, in their wrestling, 
you could imagine. I mean, Yaakov, at this point, you would think he would give up. <laughs> He's finally, he went from Esau from the beginning. He ran away from Esau, goes to Lavan. Lavan chases after him, ready to meet Esau again, trying to make peace. And here he's, he's, he stopped again. What does Yaakov do? What's his reaction? So he wins over the Sarshal Esau. He wins over the angel. The angel gives him a, a, it hurts him, leaves him with some, some uh, um, bruise. The Gedanasha. Um, but what, what was Yaakov's reaction? Yaakov turns to the angel and says to the angel, you're not leaving me until you bless me. Yaakov turns to the angel and says that I will not let you go until you bless me. That's the most It's crazy if you think about it. The guy, the guy's, the guy's insane. He, um, he's going. He, he's literally. Um, he, he, this, guy, this angel sort of perhaps wanted to kill him, wanted to get rid of him, wanted him not to, to continue what he was doing. And he returns to the angel and says, I'm not, I'm not running away from you. I'm not leaving until you bless me. But the angel should bless him. I mean, it was an angel. But the angel, the one that was, his mission was to stop Yaakov. And he says to, he says to the angel, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. What's going on here? I mean, there's not much to, to, to sift through. It's, it's straight in front of our eyes. It's, it's powerful. What was Yaakov's reaction? And this is one of the answers to the secret to Jewish survival. What was Yaakov's reaction? Yaakov's reaction was that he says, I will not let something that's here to pull me down, something that's here to challenge me, something that God puts in front of me to be an obstacle for me in life, not only will I not let it distract me, but I'm, I, I will not let it pass without it blessing me without it showing me how it's there to help me grow and become a better person and become closer to God. Those things which seem to be pulling me away from God, I'm not going to let go of them until I find how they brought me closer to God. And how they made me a better person and made me, got me further in life. Who is this angel that who is coming from Hashem? From... Obviously, yeah. He was the Sarshal Esav. He, he, he had that, uh, that, he had those rights. God gave him, God gave the angels those rights. What's his name? They say Gabriel, what's this guy's name? Um, I think I had a name, I don't remember. I mean, but this is a very powerful idea. And it's so powerful in every area of our personal life. Because very often, we, um, we have to deal with things, and our initial reaction is, well, some people have a difficult time even dealing with them. It literally pulls them down and serves as an obstacle and stops them. Now you have the person that fights through, he wins over the challenge, and he pushes through, and he doesn't allow the challenge to pull him down. Okay, you would think that he stops there. The challenge, okay, he was able to, to get through it, and it didn't stop him, and he's still trucking, he's still moving. The ability to, after that, then go and say, not only am I not going to let you stop me, but I'm going to figure out how all these challenges, this challenge that I just went through made me better, and brought me to a better place. That takes a lot of... of, of foresight, a lot of vision of the person to try to, to, to picture and to really treat these challenges that come at him as a, as a tool to help him grow. It's a completely shifted way of thinking. Making the bad, making good out of it. That's all. Yeah. And if you, th that's why I built up Yaakov's life, because if you think about what he went through, for Yaakov to, after all that, go and say, not only will I not let it stop me, but I'm going to figure out how it's there to help me. It's crazy. Um, and this is, this is throughout history, it's always been like that. The Jewish people, and what, what, everything that they've been through as a nation, only made them more stronger and more resilient 
and um, giving them the ability to stand up against even bigger things. Individually in our life, we have the same thing. That everything that comes to us is there to make us stronger and to make us better. And the story, we've said it many times, but it just brings out the point even more. The famous story of the Lubavitch Rebbe after the Holocaust. With the, um, well, the Rebbe's approach to everyone, to rebuild, to become stronger, to remarry, to have kids. Eli Wiesel, famous uh, story, the Rebbe told him to, he didn't want to get married, he didn't want to have kids. The Rebbe told him, and he listened. It's a whole story of its own. But the, the, the famous Ivart, where the, there was a custom suggested by many Jewish uh, great leaders that um, as a follow-up to the Holocaust, by the Seder, they should leave an empty chair to remember those that perished in the Holocaust. How can we celebrate and have a Seder of Pesach when there were so many people that were killed in the Holocaust? And it's 100% true. The feeling is real. People that literally went through it, they're, they're, they're missing, their table's missing. Families, I just was speaking to someone who said his, father, his grandfather lost his wife and all his children and he came to America, remarried, and had more children. It's crazy to think about. It's nothing we, we can't relate to. But they've had this feeling that after the Holocaust they have to leave an empty chair by the Seder to remember those that perished. The Rebbe said that, that, that it's the wrong approach. Not only should you not leave an empty chair, but you should fill the chair with a person that otherwise would not have gone to a Seder. Why? Because that's literally showing Hitler, Yimach Shemay, that, he, um, that he, he lost. If you leave an empty chair, it's showing him, look, you made a void in the Jewish people. Which he did. You can't forget that. But how do we react to the void? By saying, we're going to rebuild. And we're going to make it even stronger. And this is, this is exactly what Yaakov teaches us here. He says to the angel, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let all these things that happened to me leave until I find how they were there to help me and make me a better person. So again, I'm not sure the source of the heart, but it's a beautiful, powerful heart. <laughs> okay.